The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about marriage or committed relationships and marriage meetings for lasting love. In fact, that's the name of this wonderful book. Marriage Meetings for Lasting Love, 30 Minutes a Week to the Relationship You've Always Wanted. And this is by Naomi Berger. And we have her on the line with us. And this is a wonderful book I've been reading. And Lloyd, you're going to have to read it now, too, of course. <laughs> but let me tell you a little bit about our wonderful guest who's coming to us from Northern California. Uh, Naomi Berger is an MSW and an LCSW. And she leads marriage and communication workshops all over the place, and she's a popular speaker at conferences. So in addition to working as a clinical social worker with a private psychotherapy practice in beautiful San Rafael, California, she teaches continuing uh, education classes for psychotherapists and counselors at UC Berkeley, Extension, and Alliant International University in San Francisco. And when she was employed by the city and county of San Francisco, she held senior level positions in the fields of child welfare, alcoholism treatment, and psychiatry. She also served as a lecturer on the clinical faculty at the University of California in San Francisco School of Medicine and executive director of Jewish Family and Children's Services of the East Bay. You can find out more about her and her great book and all the great work that she does at marriagemeetings.com. So, Naomi, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure to be here, Mari. I love this book. So tell us, um, what is your book? Tell my client and my clients. <laughs> well, my clients are listening too. <laughs> tell, tell my audience a little bit about this book. I'm enjoying it, but I want them to hear from you. Okay. Marriage Meetings for Lasting Love shows couples how to conduct a weekly meeting that talks. It lasts about 30 minutes. It can last a little bit longer at first uh, when you get used to having the meetings, but not more than 45 minutes. And the meeting has a four-part agenda, and the book also includes step-by-step uh, -step instructions for how to conduct the four-part agenda and also a number of communication skills that make for effective marriage meetings. And the purpose of the meeting is to increase intimacy, romance, teamwork, and smoother resolution of conflicts. They're all benefits of the meeting. Basically, it's to cover all bases that make a marriage uh, that's already good 
even better, or if a marriage has some issues that um, are not really, really serious, then um, it can help make that kind of a marriage into a good or a great marriage. And, of course, um, if a couple is really, really troubled, then they need something more than marriage meetings like counseling or therapy. But I would say that the vast majority of couples can benefit from this book. Oh, I agree with you 100%. You know, when they by the time they get to me for divorce mediation, they have um, really lost the ability to really communicate effectively. And if they were doing that, they might not end up in my office, you know. So sometimes I've been very fortunate in the 28 years now that I've been doing this that I've had 20 couples get back together because they actually learn how to communicate in a different way. And what your book does is to teach them how to do that so that they don't get where they are no longer communicating effectively and then either the conflict escalates or it gets hidden and under the rug and then the rug gets bumpy and then everybody is in trouble. That's a good way to put it, Mary. <laughs> and uh, the marriage meetings are a proactive approach because they, if, if people actually meet every week, there's no time to build up grudges because things get resolved quickly. Misunderstandings can get clarified. And really important people remember what they like about each other and they express appreciation to each other. Yeah, It's gonna... a really nice conflict. Yeah. I mean, a nice climate for resolving yes. conflicts. Exactly. And we're going to talk about those uh, steps in a few minutes. But so um, why did you write this book? I wrote this book because I am very, very troubled by the state of marriage in um, this country and many other countries as well. Um, the divorce rates are ridiculous, 50% for first marriages and higher divorce rates for second marriages, even higher for third. So obviously... People are lacking the skills to create and maintain a good marriage. And I think marriage has changed a lot, and I realize that people are now marrying for different reasons, and they need to have different skills. In the, until about 75 years ago, marriage was often kind of a financial arrangement or a way to, if, because women didn't have opportunities in the workplace that would allow them to support themselves well, and um, nobody had the opportunity to have sex that was sanctioned by society unless unless they were married and, and raising children alone was frowned upon, but all that's changed now. So people are marrying less for these kinds of material and social status reasons and more because they have emotional and spiritual needs as well as physical needs that they're hoping to fulfill through being married, but they're not necessarily aware of these needs or, or how to meet them. Exactly. And, you know, how many of us had really great role models to teach us how to be a loving, communicative spouse? I mean, we really, most of us didn't have it and we don't learn it in school. So we have to learn it from counselors like you and great books like yours. But, you know, I think the other thing is now, like you were talking about, it isn't marriage for money or just to have kids or whatever. Now people are wanting to connect and to connect, they're going to have to communicate. And what really kind of worries me, Naomi, is when I see, when we go out to dinner and I see people sitting across from each other and they're texting to communicate <laughs> instead of really communicating. So I love the idea of having people um, kind of have to talk to each other. So, so let's talk a little bit about that. You know, why the structured meeting? Wh what do you think is so important about having a structured meeting rather than just talking in the car or something. That's what people will say. 
And do they talk in the car? I guess they can't uh, legally text while driving, but <laughs> you're, you're pointing out something really, really important, you know, with all the texting going on. So for one thing, most of the communication that happens, as is pointed out in my book, most of it is nonverbal. So uh, texting is, is just a way to really um, increase misunderstandings a yes. lot of the time, if it's other than what time are we going to meet, as right. people are talking about. <laughs> A conflict is some of my clients do they talk about areas of conflict by texting and then then one gets angry that the other hasn't responded right away while while she or he is at work and right. busy with other things um, and that's an example of whether it's talking or j- just talking or texting uh, it can be fine sometimes but it's really easy with all of life's pressures to talk in ways that don't foster a positive connection with your partner and don't resolve issues. Uh, for example, um, you or your partner might be reading a book or watching television or some other way occupied, and uh, your partner wants to talk to you or you want to talk to your partner, and it's just there's not going to be receptivity. But if you set a time ahead and, and with a structure that makes sure that you're not going to just talk about what's bothering you, but you're going to talk about what's going well and coordinating how you're going to coordinate and manage your chores and different things that sound kind of simple, but if they don't get handled, they build up and end up creating grudges. So this way, instead of taking a partner for granted and forgetting to express appreciation and letting the chores pile up, forgetting to plan dates, you schedule the time for the meeting and then you reconnect every week. Yes. And And you have direct positive communication that takes place at a time when you're both likely to hear each other and and feel good that you're communicating well. And, you know, Naomi, what I really liked about the way you have this this process is that you always start out with appreciation so that people feel good about themselves. Um, So if you say, gee, I really appreciate that you made dinner the other night when I was really exhausted and it was just so nice to come home to this wonderful dinner, I just want you to know how much I really appreciate that. You know, those kinds of, you know, things where you start out with that, that starts out with such a a positive connection. And then the second thing um, you have here is chores. Like, so what would they be doing with talking about chores? So this is a time that people talk about chores that aren't already routinized. For example, if one always cooks and the other does the dishes, you don't need to talk about that. But if something that something goes wrong in the house, and let's say it's some kind of plumbing situation, decide who's going to call the plumber so that it doesn't just drag on, or um, if the checkbook needs to be balanced and it hasn't happened in a while, so that could be a time to remind whoever is going to usually take that responsibility to do it. Uh, Bills have to get paid, uh, preparation has to happen for taxes, um, there's just too many chores for me to imagine, most of them probably, but sure. every couple has their own constellation of what needs to be done. That's kind of the business part of the relationship that has to get handled, even if it's not too exciting. But um, if it doesn't get handled, then problems can emerge. Right. So is that, you, you kind of wait, you just do that's kind of like a scheduling and a divvying up type Right, and, and you don't talk happen, about the real um, problem yet. Like I'm thinking, like when you said, let's say there was a plumbing problem, or um, so would you be talking at that point about the 
different bids that you got from different plumbers if let's say you had a slab leak that we had meant a few years ago <laughs> which can cost a lot of money so yeah. so you talk about that or you just talk about scheduling and then talk about that later when you get to the problem issue oh um if if anything becomes controversial in an earlier part of the meeting controversial where emotions get involved okay. um, that are take some sorting out time yeah then that would go to the last part of the meeting problems and challenges but if chores can be discussed uh say which one of you was going to want to handle this one or that one and i do caution people not to assign things to each other because nobody likes to feel no. controlled right but <laughs> say um do you want to do this or shall I would be right. a way to do it. Right. Or how okay. we how are we gonna do this, you know? Right. Who, who how can will do we it? Do it nice open ended and then the partner can decide what makes sense to him or her. Yeah. Or gee, you're you're so good at this. Thank you. <laughs> you're the great Yeah. But you can, and that's what you would do. You could say to your husband too, you're so good at this as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? I you could you say no well, me, well I am I'm talking to you too. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking to you, but I'm saying like you could well, say to your husband, gee, if, you know, if, you're, if he'll you go for your so good at this, <laughs> I would certainly try say, it. Go for it. Right, right, right. Or just My say husband something. might um, know what I'm doing. I know. Or sometimes they say, you know, that's really your forte. Are you willing to do this? You know, because I think you, that's a nice way yeah. to put it. I like that. Yeah. 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 No, but you're good at this too. I want you to know that, Naomi. <laughs> And then, you know, this kind of reminds me of mediation, um, because when I do my mediations, I always try and take the easy stuff first, the more positive stuff first. Mm -hmm. And then they say like, a, you know, something in motion stays in motion. If you would start with the hard stuff first, you might like slam the door on each other and walk out the door. So what I really think is very helpful is that you start out with one appreciation. Number two, just setting up, you know agreements as to chores when there's no conflict there mm -hmm. and if it is conflict you defer it to later after you've done some good stuff mm -hmm. and then i love the third one is to plan for fun uh, for good times so let's talk a little bit about that step okay um probably many many couples have heard of the idea of having a weekly date a time to relax and enjoy each other and bring back some of the feelings that you had when you were courting before marriage or before committing to a relationship, and often people forget to do it, though. And yes. it's like recharging your battery, taking time to just be together. I say uh, be able to daydream out loud together, talk about what's on your mind, and um, have kind of a moratorium on anything that's controversial because it's, it's a time to enjoy yourself, and you have other times, especially your marriage meeting, if you want to have um, talking about anything conflictual. Right, right. So this is kind of um, a, a, a joint session for just planning some fun. Like even if you don't have a lot of money, you could say, okay, well, let's take the kids to grandma's house and we're going to just spend a day at the beach or something, you know, just something to uh -huh. yep. have a picnic at the beach. To yeah. together without anybody else. Right. And, right. you know, people forget uh, uh, that they can do something that doesn't cost any money, especially those of us who live in California. I mean, we have so many beautiful places to just take a hike and a picnic, right? I mean, what? how mm -hmm. much does that cost? So, you know, people think, oh, well, we don't have any money to do anything. I'm going, Wait a minute. You don't need any money to do anything here. 
you know? Maybe if you're in Chicago and you've got 12 feet of snow or something, it's a little different. <laughs> but Even then, the, the book includes some suggestions for low-cost or free dates that couples yeah. can have together. Yeah. Okay, so then we get, after you've had this fun and you've planned a little vacation or a day away or a staycation, whatever it is, uh-huh. then the next step is to deal with the problems and challenges. So what what is your suggestion there? Okay, the main suggestion... Or I'll say the first suggestion is to, if you feel tempted, to talk about long-standing, lingering issues or big, big conflicts. Do not do it until you have established a successful marriage meeting. Start with really easy challenges. Yes. I give an example in the book. I think somebody's trying to diet, and she'll say to her husband, or he could say to her, um, would you do me a big favor? I'm trying to lose some weight, and I'm so tempted when you bring home potato chips. Could you please hide them somewhere, keep them in your office, or bring right. them to work? Um, and the person's likely to be really happy to oblige. If you want to yes. talk about in-laws and uh, <laughs> big issues, sex, in-laws, money, uh, parenting differences, save those until you've established a nice climate uh, for several marriage meetings. Meetings. And, and then you can talk about them. And when you do, use the communication skills that I recommend in the book so that the communication is positive and respectful. Yes, yes. And, and none of the you, none of the blame and guilt game, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and just speaking from, gee, you know, you can ask for what you want or, gee, when this happens, I'm, I feel really sad or I feel really uncomfortable or... I feel really hurt when you yell at me or something like that. Yeah, you you're can... talking about making I statements. Yes. There is a whole chapter on I statements yes. in the book because they are so important for positive, respectful communication. Right. And when you start blaming, like, you never come home on time or you never help with the chores, any of those you statements that are blaming are going to escalate the conflict. So exactly. don't even go there. <laughs> right. Get yourself calm before you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's get back to this, um, the meetings, though, and, and how to get you, you there. What if one spouse really wants to try holding these meetings and set them up, but the other one refuses? You know, because sometimes that happens uh, no, much of the time, right, um, the wife might be willing to try this and the husband goes, I don't want to do that. I want to watch a football game. I don't want to do that. I don't want to plan this. So, so what do you do about that? Well, one thing is to try to recognize what is getting in the way for the partner who doesn't want to do it. Typically, the reluctant partner is afraid of getting criticized. Yes. So that's why I do say in the book to keep the first several meetings light and enjoyable. Yeah. So that both people feel good about holding the meetings. Yeah. It's probably not a bad idea to just say, let's first meet to just talk about how much we appreciate each other. That works sometimes, <laughs> and I have done that with therapy clients who are not ready to have the whole meeting. We've just done appreciation. Right, right. And also, even in talking about how do we, how can I convince my partner to try a meeting, if you say something like, I'd be really grateful to you yes. for trying a marriage meeting at least once, that sounds a lot better than, come on, you never do, you know what I mean? Right, right, you know? right. So, and then you can mention some of the advantages, like they help both of you to reconnect and feel appreciated about each other so that your partner knows this isn't about, about criticizing, it's about liking each other. And they increase teamwork so that household tasks and activities get handled more smoothly without any pressure on one person or the other to do it. Yeah. And they remind you to plan an enjoyable date each week. 
Yeah, so maybe you could do like just the first three, which are so positive. One is the appreciation. Two is maybe just scheduling chores, which is a little bit of a drudgery sometimes, but mm-hmm. but as long as it doesn't, you know, get complicated or conflictual. And then the third one is let's plan something fun. So you could start out maybe just doing the appreciation and planning a weekly or biweekly outing. That might be a neat thing to start with. Oh, well, that's an interesting idea. I, I haven't, um, I couldn't say, really. I'd have to think about that because um, I'd like people to get practice using the communication skills and starting with the light challenges first. So my inclination would be to do the whole agenda. Um, if, if but a if you have somebody who's communicating yeah. in a you know fairly yeah. healthy way most of the time, yeah, I'm just thinking for those spouses that are fearful that they're going to get blamed or criticized, maybe that was going on. You could start out with this and then say, okay, let's just do this part, and then you know it's like with your kids, do well, this I'm part, all you know, for experimenting <laughs> and seeing how it works. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because I think the idea would be to build up to be able to do that and to build that um, that confidence that it's not going to be, uh, maybe because I see people who are pretty critical and, and by the time they come to me, they're divorcing. So I'm thinking, you know, to get them to do something um, that would really keep them on an even keel and be real positive might be a great way to start if they're if they're get getting close to coming to me for divorce mediation. You well, know? I have a feeling that if they're at the point where they're coming for divorce mediation, they they should be with a therapist doing the meetings or doing whatever they need to do in therapy rather than trying to do them on their own because the communication will break down if people are feeling hostile towards each other, yeah. then they can't really follow the guidelines for the meetings and have right. respectful communication. Right, right. Well, it, you know, I set some guidelines, too, that, that they do, you know, I have pretty strict guidelines about how you talk to one another and help them do it. But a lot of times they come to me, they've already gone to a therapist, mm-hmm. you know, because I always... They've given up already. Yeah, I, I usually... But you did help people. You said 20 yes, of them yes. got back together. Yes, and that's after they went to, because most of the time I'll say, did you try therapy? And if they didn't, I'll encourage them to come back to me after they've tried therapy. So maybe not everybody's a good therapist like you are. (laughs) (laughs) Or or my good friends. All kinds of lawyers and all kinds of therapists, Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's... uh, And and also it's a matter, often it's a matter of the fit. I wouldn't, you know, necessarily say good or bad. It's more like a a good fit for the, like a marriage in a way Yes. Have a, have a fit well together. Yeah. So what about the person that might say, well, gee, Naomi, isn't scheduling a formal meeting kind of unromantic if we're trying to, like, get more connected and more, uh, you know, intimate? H- how romantic is that, scheduling a meeting? I have a surprise for you, and that's that marriage meetings actually increase romance. Oh. Yeah, good. because they increase communication, which is probably the most powerful aphrodisiac. Exactly. They foster mutual appreciation, and they remind you to plan dates for just the two of you. The misunderstandings that lead to grudges do not accumulate. They get handled. Yeah. So romance can flourish. So, uh, you know, why Especially do Especially with dates. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Why do you um, think that it needs to be once a week? Is there um, a difference between once a week and bimonthly or once a month? What do you think? I do think that there is a difference, and I also can tell you that some couples do have the meetings uh, less than once a week, so I don't believe that one size has to fit all. However, 
I think a week is a long time if you see people every day and you go longer than a week without catching up on things and remembering to make sure to appreciate each other, which ideally should happen every day. But um, it's really nice to get a mega dose of it once a week. Exactly. So when when we're talking about um, marriage meetings, how about these people who are in long-term relationships? Would you say this applies as a as a good uh, technique for them as well? Oh, yes. Yes. People come to my workshops who are in long-term committed relationships, and it's, it's pretty similar. The agenda works for them. Um, any two people under the same roof, I know somebody who was having uh, he, he, what he called them roommate meetings after, after he read my book. And, and so he used the same uh, communication skills and a similar agenda, um, probably not planning dates, but uh, using the communication skills and talking about what's going well and what they need to, uh, or what one of them might want to have happen differently. That's really funny because my daughter uh, shares a home in Newport Beach with four other people. And when she called me to say, Mom, what do I do? Everybody, you know, the people aren't cleaning up after themselves and everything. I said, well, I kind of let her through having something very similar to what you're talking about is having weekly meetings about what what's going right, what needs to be done. Uh-huh. And um, and that really changed everything when Isn't they just started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're right. It, this is not just for couples, it, although it's wonderful for couples who want to be more intimate. But it, it does work to have these meetings where you really focus on things that are positive and then problem solve together, look for solutions. Uh-huh. Yeah. I say attack the problem, not each other. Right, right. And... um. People might say, well, gosh, we're so busy. How do we find the time to do this, Naomi? I have, like, I have one friend who says, uh, she says, if you have time to fight, you have time for a marriage meeting. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it, it, it really is. It's almost like pay now or pay later, because how much time do we spend stewing about things that aren't going well if we're not taking care of them? Yeah, I was just reading an article the other day about having a, taking a whole month and no complaints. Just, you know, wear a, a bracelet on your hand or, or a rubber band and just have that as your reminder to just stop complaining. Don't, you know, don't say what you don't want. Only ask for what you do want and just do a, a whole month if, or try it a week. A week. Can you go a week without complaining? Can you go a month without complaining? Well, I, I would go with your idea of building up the momentum and maybe start with an hour or a day. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sounds great to me. So uh, in terms of those people who are listening now, they're driving by, they're in a committed relationship or in a loving relationship. So what happens? Do you think that a marriage can be saved by holding a weekly meeting? I think if, if there's basic respect and, and trust in the relationship, a marriage uh, can certainly be saved and it can get better and better. Yeah. So what about um, if there's infidelity, does, is this something that you think can um, can help that situation? Uh, well, it, infidelity is a very, very serious issue when it happens, and it, it's, it's pretty common, actually. Yes. Um, I think I read recently that it, one out of three married men has been unfaithful and one out of five married women. Um, and this is just such a, um, a big violation of trust. Um, it generally, when it happens, assuming that the couple hasn't agreed to an open marriage, and even when they have, um, it often typically doesn't work out well. So, um, so probably they're not ready for a marriage meeting right away because the trust has broken down so badly, and, and or they would have to have it in therapy. 
this, one of the chapters in my book discusses a couple where infidelity was an issue as well as domestic violence. And in that situation, I see them for therapy, and I do use, we've tried marriage meetings during the therapy session. Generally, uh, though, they're really not able to to do it because all these, there's a lot, it's kind of complicated to explain it, but their expectations um, of each other and their trust level yeah. has broken down so much that they're not able to follow the guidelines and stay on track. Although, uh, at first, um, one of the, he liked, he loved appreciation, but then she didn't want to give it to him because <laughs> right. she was afraid of the repercussion right. that he would act like nothing was wrong anymore when things were still wrong for him. Right, right. Complicated. Yeah. Well, we are just out of time, so please... Um, We've got this wonderful book, Marriage Meetings for Lasting Love, 30 Minutes a Week to the Relationship You've Always Wanted by Naomi Berger. And Naomi, would you please give your website and then it's time for us to go. Oh, okay. My website is www.marriagemeetings with an S on the end, dot com. And it's Marsha Naomi Berger. Wonderful book. And I love this with the coffee with a little heart. Um, It looks like a good cappuccino. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll have you back again. We'll stay in touch, okay, Naomi? Oh, thank you very much, Mary. It's been a pleasure. Okay, take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org. And then I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. for Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. And visit our website at conflicthealing.com where you can see our upcoming guests. You can download podcasts, listen to archived interviews, and write us about what your concerns are about conflict in your own life. Thank you. Bye. reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.